0: Listening to Beats and Bleeps. Hello, you're listening to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Filippo Becpecos. Uh, how are you today, Filippo? Hi, Anthony. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, so we'll we'll kick things off with a fairly big question, really, and in, in your sort of journey as to how you got started in music, you know, through childhood, if you were playing an instrument then, up until you started working in the games industry and kind of how that came about
1: right yeah that's that's quite that's quite a big first question oh
0: yes
1: (laughs) so yeah my uh, my story is uh, that i wasn't interested in music that much uh, in my childhood especially not learning an instrument or any uh, anything like that Um, my parents tried to get me into playing the saxophone then they tried with guitar then they tried with uh, a piano, <laughs> but I always preferred playing games, actually. And uh, as the uh, third of uh, three kids, you know, and uh, my, my brother being uh, much older than me, is 10 years older, <clears throat> especially when you're kids, it's like much older, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, he he already used to have some consoles, he used uh, to have an Atari ST, actually, um, and uh, he would play and he would involve me uh, and my sister into these uh, gaming sessions. And so I really grew up with, with game music more than anything else. Um, of course, also I had uh, uh, film scores and uh, and bands that I liked, but mostly it was uh, listening to game music because we were playing so much together, yeah. you know, as a social group. That was that was fun, and uh, then uh, always with my brother, I, I took a trip when I was, I think. 15 years old and uh, we were strolling along and there was a music store and I said well uh, th- there's there's a guitar there and might be nice to start playing guitar someday yeah I was just throwing that out there and he's like well come on I'm gonna buy you a learner <laughs> guitar you know let's do this today not sometime <laughs> in the future you know?" and so um, we we come back from the trip with this little guitar and I, I really I remember the next day I was already trying to play and figure stuff out, and it's been like this. I'm still trying to figure stuff out <laughs> right now. So, um, basically the the passion was uh, ignited, and uh, at some point uh, after school, after high school, I, I said, well, let's let's try to do this mm, also professionally and um and especially catch up you know I had a lot of this uh, feeling about catching up uh, uh, compared to a lot of other uh, musicians that uh, to, for me the norm was like you start when you're three years old and if you if you don't then it's over basically yeah. you can't really think uh, to, to be a, at least not a professional musician um, but uh, I got into Berklee College of Music uh, after high school um, which was just uh, a great adventure for me, also coming from Italy, uh, moving over to Boston. Um, and there I really started to, let's say, learn actually how to write music and uh, and learn uh, about what I want to do. Um, also due to, to what wasn't there, actually, the, back in the day, there was a film scoring course uh, at Berkeley. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing um, pertinent to games as, as, you know, a major or anything like that. And so um, back then I took this film scoring uh, course because mm, I, I love movies, but also because it was the, the thing that was closest to games at, at that time. And uh, uh, I I guess that very early I had this idea of saying, well, I was so passionate, I'm so passionate about games. Uh, If I could combine these two passions, uh, it would be amazing, you know, to actually write music for games and uh, and then uh, at school, back at school, I was very involved in into um, uh, advocating games music uh, at berkeley itself uh, we uh, founded a video game music club there with a lot of you know that gained traction quickly because a lot of people also wanted to do exactly this you yeah. know writing music for games and um, and so i guess in the last two years of college i really um, uh, was able to dive into what it means also to mm, connect uh, people and uh, and organize events and uh, we had some people coming over who were already working in the, in the industry and uh, yeah we were uh, i was very happy that we already saw as while i was a student we had a professor come over and start prototype courses on game scoring and so on so it was sort of a pioneering moment you know oh, cool. for and for all of us in the in the club, and seeing that in such a short time this can happen, um, it really made me feel like well, I'm on the right track in this sense because that's really what I want to do, and it's uh, it's coming and it's growing. Also, this uh, this field.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I know quite a few of the people I've spoken to. It's like depending on when they started their journey into games, like these courses are now a commonplace. Mm -hmm. or you know 10 years ago or however long ago there was nothing it was just kind of if you wanted to do games audio you did another kind of music degree and then pull the games part of it out afterwards so you know the fact that you kind of helped implement some of that early early like development into those courses is really cool
1: yeah, yeah, it felt very. Uh, we were like a joint force, you know, <laughs> and we were very loudly asking for, you know, more, more like a curriculum, you know, or something that we could sink our teeth in. Uh, I remember that we were transcribing old school uh, Sega music and we would add that to the library. Like here's another pile of <laughs> you know, and uh, all these things organizing event. We were just a very uh, active bunch, and uh, yeah, that's that was a good time and uh, I think it really laid the groundwork for, for me feeling like, well, maybe I, I really can do this at this point, you
0: know? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm guessing you kind of feel very thankful for your for your brother for buying you the, the guitar that day as well, rather than just oh, leaving yeah. it.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, that was uh, certainly a crossroads there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we'll go on to... Not normally I kind of go chronologically from your first game, but we'll, because it's obviously very recent i think i think from my, my reading it's sort of the biggest soundtrack you've done in both length and it's there, the breadth it covers but obviously shadow gambit the curse crew that was was that released this month or was it last month i think we're early october now so oh yeah actually i think even in august august oh, okay. 17th i think
1: it was yeah um so yeah it's quite quite some time uh, like these weeks pass so quickly, you
0: know. After, <laughs> I, know. I just had to check it's October, and it's like, oh, where has the year gone? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the the sort of people that aren't aren't aware of that game, it's um, sort of an alternate universe of the golden age of piracy, kind of players and undead pirate, uh, well, ex-pirate, still a pirate, don't know, but um, they've got magical powers and things. It's a real time strategy. I mean. In terms of looking at that from like a, a scoring perspective, what sort of were your original sort of um, influences? I mean, pirate pirate films and games kind of have an overriding sort of sound that people tend to gravitate towards.
1: That's true, yeah. Um, let's say uh, there are two facets to this. Uh, on one hand, there's the stylistic approach and, um, you have to deal with this let's say in the best way possible this cliche of yeah. what of the expectation not only of hearing music that fits uh, but actually hearing a, at least a little bit of that instrument of the concertina or maybe uh, a little bit of uh, pirate groove in the music all these things um there was one one thing that we thought about and then there's the genre specific um yeah aspect that uh, you have uh, missions that can last um, a long time Uh, you as a composer don't really know if a player is going to blaze through it in in 10 minutes or two hours that's the span (laughs) you know and it's kind of daunting um, in a way to to approach this and from from let's say dynamic score uh, point of view Although I have to say that uh, in this genre we've been working, uh, we, we we've done a couple of these titles. We've done Shadow Tactics, Desperados, Free, and now this. So we already had a like a, a base that we knew would work. Um, from the stylistical point, that was interesting uh, for sure because. Um, I was less afraid of it than with Desperados, where you also had this cliche going yeah. on, like the guitars and, you know, Morricone and all, all these things that you want to sort of pay tribute to or tip your head to, but don't just copy. Um, I, I had less of that angst for some reason. Uh, at the same time, I, I thought like, well, okay, maybe I have less angst because I know less of it. so maybe. I, how can I educate myself as of you know just to know what is needed to uh, to hit those certain nodes uh, and the certain aspects. Um, but I, I didn't really Watch a lot of movies this time around, or uh, or play games um, around that theme, which I did much more in um, for *Desperados*, for instance, which yeah. was a western. For some reason, uh, I guess that um, we really we we decided on a on a creative month with my uh, with my uh, uh, dear Mimi's. So we <laughs> said, well, let's just do one month of writing whatever tunes. And uh, let's see what comes out. It doesn't need to fit in the game, but it will sort of direct us um, into the right place. And in what in a sense it's also because These games uh, this game is uh, of course pirates uh, pirates islands treasures and so on But it's undead pirates for one. Yeah, and it's also there's this uh, main villain um, and the enemy itself is the inquisition like a fantasy version of, of the actual inquisition and um, so you had all this uh, full clerical aspect to it and all these uh, thoughts of how do we give the enemies uh, uh, personality. And so um, having these two big topics um, made it easier maybe to to dive in and try stuff out instead of saying well it's let's first nail that cliche and then you know it's sort of gelled together and uh, this creative month came at a time where i um, had about a year of uh, singing lessons and i was super keen on singing all the time and i must have annoyed uh, <laughs> the dumb director for a while because it's like yeah yeah just make music maybe we'll see with fit in singing somewhere and I was like writing shanties and singing like in a sort of Tom Waits uh, uh, light style you know Um, and we tried out a lot of things and one thing that we um, that we really discovered was uh, doing some chanting for the Inquisition so basically uh, um, having not this the the, this classical big choir library behind you but uh, it's just mostly me singing lines that would not be easy easily um, sequenced you know maybe with glissandi and having something that will remind uh, the listener of uh, of like a gregorian chant but Different, of course, because it's just one guy singing there in a, in a huge space. So, uh, as a strange abstraction of a Gregorian chant in a way. And we liked that a lot. So, and we kept this, this one element that we just kept, you know. Um, likewise, with uh, instruments that were a little bit out there, like a hurdy gurdy, we really wanted to put in, of course, that um, I was able to uh, to acquire a bass hurdy gurdy, which is, Ooh. to my knowledge, something that is just I don't know, uh, not not existent as a standard instrument. But there's this amazing guy who builds these hurdies, and he just uh, slapped like a cello. Um, how do you say a um, uh, neck? Yeah. On a harpégardi uh, mechanic, so to say, on a harpégardi body, <laughs> and, uh, and you slap uh, three, three strings on it, like uh, um, just uh, fretless, of course, and that's you know that's the instrument and produces something that's uh, sort of haunting and not so pretty in a way, but it can also sing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very it's very unique and uh, we thought well uh, since we have a talking ship that hosts all the pirates and you uh, you really have a story arc uh, with this ship um, it's it's like when the ship talks uh, a skull comes out like a ghostly skull comes out of the hull and so on uh, of the hold. and we said well this, this could be uh, Red Marley's um, uh, perfect instrument this sort of thing that's sounds a bit like a cello but again it's like a, a like an ephemeral version of it or a perverse version of a cello something like that
0: <laughs> that's cool I mean in terms of like um, you mentioned the like the bass hurdy-gurdy which is weird because no one had mentioned hurdy-gurdies on this podcast until about two weeks ago and then this is the second mention in in that time and i love it i've got a lot of time for it but in terms of like you um uh, mentioning it's the um you kind of use it for a lot of the sort of uh, ships sounds and stuff like that did you kind of like with some characters like cause obviously there's quite a lot of heavy character dialogue and stuff allow you to write like more thematic things for individual characters as well
1: yeah, yeah. There's a, it's a quite a big crew of uh, eight uh, pirates that are very um, uh, colorful, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, they they come from very different places, and they don't, um, uh, you know, they show it. They show where they're from. They have their accents and their their uh, idiosyncrasies, and so yeah. I, I would have never thought, but like I, I also used the shamisen that I uh, bought for uh, Shadow Tactics because there's one Japanese uh, cook actually, the ship cook, um, the, this ghostly cook, and of course there's you know we, we really wanted to put in some Shadow Tactics there as well, and so I, I got out the, the shamisen, um, and the, there were many of these uh, of these instances, you know, where we we, we try to incorporate. Uh, uh, instruments that are only heard in su- specific missions, yeah, and so they really stick out.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, in terms of like writing for the for the the game, from from what I've like I've seen, there's sort of like the actual music that's in the background while you're playing a mission, and then you've kind of got like the sort of story bits that are playing, or more like the um, cutscenes and things like that obviously like quite a lot of the game is um voice acted as well um especially like during the missions they've got like the commands and stuff did that all kind of come into the bigger picture of like allowing especially during the missions like allowing the voice acting of the characters and stuff to not to take a bit of forefront as well
1: yeah yeah we we set up um also mixing wise uh, yeah. a system that would uh, the voice would have priority but it would um actually uh, certain voices would have priority. Like there's a lot of other voice work that would just uh, get uh, ironed out by by the music whenever it was playing. So it's more of that that kind of approach I would say. But also uh, certain voice lines trigger um, if you reach a certain point in the mission. um, Again and you don't know what angle the player uh, yeah. got, uh, you know, uh, got from because it's just so, so open, in a way, the the approaches because of the combinations of characters and so on. But we would have certain anchor points. Yeah. And um, so we would fade out or end the music on a transition or something like that to make a voice line come through uh, even more yeah. and work with, with silence in that sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I guess it like as well, like what you were saying earlier about the the sections during the missions. You don't know. You probably do now after like play testing and people have played it, but at the time of making, it, it's like you don't know if someone's going to be in that mission for ten minutes or two hours. So it's like trying to write a a track for that where it's like potentially looping for that long without yeah. it getting annoying. It's like, is there sort of any any tips that you you've taught yourself to do that or is it just just trial and error yeah i mean um there's the there's the um... One aspect
1: that is this leviathan of an answer that I have for you—that <laughs> is the, the music system itself that we, uh, you know, came up with—in um, order to to trigger like random randomized uh, versions of the of the tracks. Yeah. Um, or we have uh, you know maybe a, a three-minute piece, but um, there are lots of layers on on this track, and depending where the camera moves, since it's uh, let's say isometric, it's not really isometric, but it's uh, you know you can, the. The player moves the camera from seeing from above. Um, say you're on this island and there's this uh, piratey uh, camp, then certain instruments will play, um, and n- gradually, if you move the camera towards the Inquisition camp, the choirs will fade in, and there there can be also sort of in between where you're uh, where you're already hearing the choir, but there's a concertina still jamming along, and it's all. Woven into into the actual way the the player um, approaches the game and yeah. the and the mission, so that helps. Of course, uh, you know you can write a track that's three minutes long, but then in the end. You, you uh, arrange it maybe five times, basically. And if you play, uh, you know, if you hit play and you have in your DAW, you have all the tracks on, it's just like this utter chaos <laughs> of, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> explosion of stuff. Um, and then you you arrange it and you mix it in the game, and I felt that the players we 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 tried that a little bit in Desperados. There were a couple of um, uh, levels that had that featured that, and uh, the players would feel very empowered. Like they say, oh okay, yeah, so I I, I move uh, the camera there, and I noticed that we had like a band playing, and it would fade into a reverbed version of of that, and add score. For, like it go, would go from source to score um depending on on the movement of the camera and since it's really coupled to the actual movement uh people noticed it and yeah. enjoyed it so we said well let's do it for all all these islands let's do at least one track that uh, features this and that was a great idea until i actually had to do it because <laughs> then it was, <laughs> it was super daunting and it wasn't so easy you know
0: I'm guessing, like, as, um, I mean, similar sort of (laughs) games in terms of gameplay, like Desperados 3 and um, Shadow Tactics, a lot of the lessons learned from those you've taken forward into Shadow Gambit, The Curse Crew, especially, like, I'm guessing in terms of, like, the audio engine and stuff like that. Yeah definitely we carried a lot over from one game
1: to the next Um, and that's the technical aspect yeah that that of course was very important but on the other hand um, I'm a big big, uh, proponent of um, of melody in the sense of of tracks that loop and you know that they loop and you feel the loop and you you enjoy it you know. I, I really like I mean this old-school maybe approach of saying here's a track and you can listen to it three times in a row for four or five or ten or whatever and it really makes you happy every time it starts over uh, and it's doable I think and uh, people have done it in the in the past out of necessity and uh, I, I'm not so sure that I would just remove this because we don't need it anymore. We can add variations or we can always shuffle through. I think there's a certain uh, uh, uniqueness to having one level or one map or one region and that one song. And when that comes up, and it will come up often of course, it will always feel like ah now I'm home now I'm here now now I'm in this level that I really love and oh yeah there there is that melody and so um, I always I always want to write music that grabs in, in that sense as well yeah.
0: Um, yeah I mean I think I think um, especially saying like your kind of earliest memory of playing games was the Atari ST back in then where it's like as you said it was looped out of necessity but those games that had you know, through like Atari, then like NES and like uh, Master System, Mega Drive and Super NES and that type. Those really memorable soundtracks had like really catchy melodies. So as you said, like you, you're happy to listen to it five times in a row just because it's so good.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you always seem to find something new and they also seem to fit all the time. I don't yeah. know, it's just there's something magic about the uh, loop of a song that just you you stand there and say well just keep on playing i'm fine like <laughs> i'm gonna listen to this in my car as well on repeat you know it's uh, uh, it always fascinates me and i think there's maybe it's about the balance of having interesting melody and moments that stick out but not too much i think we don't have the luxury of like you know if you write a song maybe you have one big peak or or uh, um, also dynamically maybe a volume discrepancy or something that really grabs your ear um, maybe that's not so easy to put into a game loop because that, you know it, it would be hard to get away with But yeah. but at the same time if you write something that's too generic and too um, uh, flat it will never be interesting so i like this tight rope walk in a way you know of uh, of figuring out what what makes that peculiar uh, song interesting now and uh, am i going in the right direction or not <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like that's it it's like a problem that's a fairly mod well i say fairly modern but like obviously game audio used to be it just loops and that's it. And now it's like, you know, we've got all these like I, I don't know what, what you've um you've used for things, but like obviously you got F mod and WYs and stuff like that, and then people have made their own stuff and we've got all these tools for making dynamic music and it's like, oh okay. But then on the flip side, just because you can do something, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. and <laughs> I think one one great example of uh, how to use all this power is in maybe writing less score like in the play Dad, uh, games, you know um, a limbo or inside and uh, just things that seem so perfectly organic and you don't even notice that there's no music or the music grows out or out of the level design and uh i think that's that's where it's really at in a way um if you talk about dynamic scores or the dynamic audio in general or at least that's what fascinates me much more than maybe not having one single track that loops or something like that
0: yeah I mean, going back to like Limbo and um, Inside, it's just I can remember playing Limbo and just thinking. I can remember the, the the audio being amazing, but it's like there was never really any any sort of music as such. It always just felt like such ambience and su- such atmospheric how it worked in it. But it never it never felt like you know there was that. Mainly because the game probably didn't need a really catchy upbeat melody because it's not that kind of game, but you know, just the way the the sounds and the atmosphere kind of worked out is just you know, you almost don't notice it because it was that fitting for the game. Yeah, yeah, and it's,
1: it's interesting that we're there's this richness in games, I think, that at the same time, like uh, I think the um, Ace attorney, attorney, you know, the Phoenix Wright yeah, series, yeah. they still make them, and that's like on the completely other side of the spectrum, they're like loops at play. And it's fantastic, and I love it. You know, I wouldn't want it to be sort of dynamic, whatever. It's just these are it's it's the perfect format, you know, yeah. for this kind of game. Is great tracks that loop, and so yeah, there's there's lots of love for for both approaches. I think.
0: Oh, definitely, and I mean, I, that's that's the other thing is it's there's opportunities. I guess, well, I guess, you know, when you're writing a soundtrack, there's opportunities to do either, and that's just another element of how you can be creative with it. As opposed to, you know, if you were doing just film, where it's very much A to B, and then that's kind of it. That everyone that watches that film is right. going to have the same experience of the music in it. Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, in terms, in terms of um, Shadow Gambit and the Curse Crew, um, obviously, it's had a uh, I think overwhelmingly positive reception on on Steam in the reviews I've seen since it's came out which is obviously nice to hear um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of um, that is there any sort of plans for anything in the future like uh, DLC or anything like that or is that just kind of a maybe at the moment Well, yeah, I mean, we we cannot not not, uh, talk about uh, the
1: fact that Mimi is closing shop, you know, I don't know if you heard that. I haven't, no. Yeah, Um. that's a big big, uh, bummer and downer, of course. Um, It came out uh, last uh, September, maybe a month ago or something like that. Um, That was quite a shock. For me as well uh, because we've been working together for 13 years and it's not not easy news to digest Um, and uh, we'll see you know what the future holds for those that will keep on moving but as you might know i mean the industry in general is not really in a great shape right now or at least it seems like it you know So uh, that's uh, uh, of course that has to be mentioned. But on the other side, uh, staying positive, uh, I-, I think I can say this. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> so let's maybe let's maybe say I, I would I would say that uh, there, there'll be content in the future, and the game will be supported for sure. Um, because of course we're very thankful of uh, for you know of everyone playing the game and enjoying it uh, so much. Um, uh, of course, it was hard with the you know you can imagine Baldur's Gate and Starfield in the middle. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not easy. But uh, there, there are people that really wait for these kinds of of, of games. Uh, and having revived the genre, um, you know, coming out of the the Commandos game basically in the late '90s, um, it was it was such an honor and what's so interesting to say well let's let's modernize a genre like this you know something that was completely forgotten or deemed uh, dead. just let's bring it out of of the closet you know and see uh, see uh, how it will do um with a modern audience and uh you know nobody can say that mimi hasn't achieved that and that's that's great you know it's a great legacy
0: that's cool i mean like i can remember playing the Commando's games growing up and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind, of, I kind of didn't really think it had gone away, mm-hmm. that genre of games, until I was, like, looking through the you know, especially these like Desperados Free Shadow Gambit, Curse Crew, and, um those sorts of games, like, I haven't seen or played a game like this in twenty years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there's like this,
0: this blackout, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: for... <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, I, I think that kind of takes us nicely on to um, talking about Desperados Free um mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of that. For again, for people that may not be familiar it's obviously an existing series as well um it's kind of like a similar gameplay like isometric their uh, real-time strategy style fee, but obviously set in the, the wild west um in, ter- oh. in terms of coming on to like a, or, or a game like that where there's already been two previous games was there, was there a lot to lot to think about with that obviously it's
1: uh yeah <laughs> i mean I've- uh, that was the, the terrifying part in a way. Uh, I had never worked on a game that was uh, a sequel or in that sense a prequel but yeah. that had like a body of work um, that people really love so uh, at, right at the beginning after Shadow Tactics um, when, I, when I heard that we would be working on this um, uh, I, I just looked up, you know, on the internet and what people thought about the soundtracks to the first, especially. Um, and people loved it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I can still remember, the only thing I remember about this game is the music <laughs> and, and my angst grew exponentially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so like, oh God. You know, people are gonna, you know, the usual stuff that comes up, you know, that you're sort of um, afraid uh, that maybe will I will I be able to translate this from my point of view, you know, um, uh, and back then it was also a a much bigger project than Shadow Tactics, which was kind of this first uh, uh, foray into into making a game that's uh, just bigger scope and so on. And, And that was instantly uh, yeah maybe twice I speak you know <laughs> scope. so all these uh, these moments that were that was pretty challenging to me um, I remember when we when we started um, releasing the first tracks or maybe pre uh, some previews and so on I was super terrified uh, especially by this old school like this this people that were waiting that have been waiting for I don't know 15 years and they they already didn't think like oh, okay this will never happen you know I will never see a new Desperados. then it actually you know uh, it is announced people get super hyped about that and then they start you know wondering how will it be you know oh, but it's a different composer it's a different voice actor and all these things you know so yeah that was pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I uh, I also there you know uh, we have some tracks that I, I wanted to tip my hat to the earlier work uh, and that thankfully it worked out well like people re- recognized it uh, like ah this is the track from Eagles Nest or something you know from from a level there and uh, and I used to just take two bars like very delicately you know just point point my head towards that <laughs> Uh, and then go off into my own direction, um, but that was a, that was, worked out well, and it's one of the cases where, uh, thankfully, my angst wasn't that justified in the end, <laughs> because it was well received, and I, I guess what helped a lot was, for me, being able to play a lot of guitar, you know, just uh, being able to incorporate um, uh, electric guitars and acoustic guitars uh, as a guitarist. Mm, to me, it felt like I was writing a, a guitar album, in a yeah. way, uh, where I can finally also add some distorted guitar and those heavy tremolos, you know, that effects and all these things that, um, yeah, well, I would never be able to, or I, probably I wouldn't make an album of mine. That sounds like it, but I always wanted to make one. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of, you kind of answered the question of, of um, did you, did you like repurpose or like nod to any of the existing, the soundtrack from the first two games so I guess, I'm guessing mm-hmm. you kind of wanted to hit that balance between it feeling familiar to people that have played the first two games but then also its own thing especially when there's been a mm-hmm. you know a 15 year gap I think or, or however long it was between you want it to almost feel like it's modernized itself in that time even though it's <laughs> obviously be. set in the past but you know the advancements no. of technology as made it have the audio of a more modern game Mm-hmm. yeah and also have maybe uh, still preserve
1: what what resonated with, yeah. with all, all the players before like let it have this same kind of soul and maybe more I, at some point I got a bit cocky and I said well uh, you know I want to write a main theme that's actually that people will be blown away you know and uh, so uh, um, I wanted to start very early on the main theme just to have it in you know to say okay now I can do the rest and obviously it was the last track that i finished uh, you know <laughs> uh, for some reason it always lingered there and it was pretty clear what it would become because the the themes and the motives they uh, i've been u- i had been using them uh, all the months before but the actual track i remember was one of the very last uh, songs that that we finished production on um but uh, yeah i have to say I- I'm, I'm glad that it went that way and not like Uh, a year earlier finishing that would have felt strange maybe I don't know it seems like most of the time I I do the main themes at the end instead of at the beginning
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I think think it's maybe it's just when you know more how it's going to be overall and you've become become more familiar with it you can say like yeah that's definitely the main theme whereas doing it at the beginning it's like oh I think I know how this is going to sound or feel and it's like actually it might not be while yeah. it's still being made and stuff <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly and, and yet you always try to cling on to that Like, if i could just write the main theme everybody would know how the rest sounds you know but it never for me it never works this way
0: <laughs> i mean you've already already kind of mentioned that you did a lot of sort of um research into like westerns and stuff like that to, for it um yeah. i mean i guess it as well like the best research for that could have is just playing the original two games as well
1: absolutely yeah yeah. that that was uh quite uh, a challenge i have to say because <laughs> also compared to this uh, to um, commandos which i played when we started shadow tactics because i knew about the games but i never played them yeah. way back um uh, so i wanted just to try it out and i, I finished the uh, commander's one and th- the controls were pretty uh, you know <laughs> for for our time now d- difficult uh, but it worked and desperados was really uh, since it's more you can do more stuff and you have more options in the movements so on it's it's more daunting or oh, to me it was very hard to actually play this game properly um but i listened a lot to the music and i of course i played it as well um just to make sure what the tone was and yes. uh, and how you know what what people were uh, let's say expecting and how I could also maybe uh, lead them a bit into a new kind of uh, sound. I remember we did a lot of synthesizers, for instance. You know, with uh, actually also heard but <laughs> layered with synths. You know, we we discovered this little it's it's one of those things Uh, we we used to have listening sessions with with the creative team and uh, i I was supposed to prepare stuff you know at the very beginning it was a bit like this creative month and um, the evening before I, i just noodled on my on my synthesizer and added this herdy line is very like static herdy line on top of it on top of like an arpeggiated thing or like a pulsating kind of um, of pad uh, um, sound <laughs> I, I found it was interesting but that that was it basically so uh, I, the next day i prepare my stuff uh, plug-in and uh, we start listening to the first one yeah yeah that's a little generic yeah that's a little i don't know maybe too westerny i don't know and I was a little demoralized because it wasn't going so well, actually. And uh, I have to say, with the team, we're always super open. Like, I can really mm, just try stuff out, you know, and there's no judgment in the sense of, oh, uh, uh, why didn't you clean up the guitar noise or stuff like that. It's yeah. very uh, it's very liberating. It's, it always has been with me and, me. and um and so at the end of the meeting, I was like, well, there's another track, but I, I don't know, let's just hear it, you know. And as soon as it started, like the first two seconds of this pulsation and this and this hurdy uh, creeping in, uh, Don, the creative director, was like, oh wait this is great but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like well yeah you're right actually this is the most unique thing that I've done right now you know so let's mm, pursue this
0: yeah, yeah cool. And,
1: yeah so it was it was it in the beginning it was a bit uh, also um, getting people used to having these elements you know um, uh, but I think it worked also because there's a very hearty dose of uh, of old school guitars and um, of that, the expectation is met, but it's also a bit twisted into a direction that we wanted to go, a little subtlety, so to speak.
0: Yeah. yeah that's cool. It's like mate, giving people what they want from that sort of thing, but also making it different that it's not just watching a, you know, a throwback Western film or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and also
1: uh, giving us also what we wanted. That was a, one point that I also wanted to mention. The fact that we, at some point we, we were almost fighting against this thing, like, oh, no, no electric guitars, no, because no, it's seventies, and uh, and and. Uh, we really discovered that we, at some point, we wanted it. We said, well, why, why do we have to uh, really uh, limit us uh, ourselves so much? You know, let's let's find ways to to. Say what we want to say, but also with that kind of color in it. Yes, yeah. that was that felt like it, it was a bit of a journey to get there.
0: I mean, we'll we'll go on to uh, I think we've got, got two of the other games you've you've worked hard to to chat about briefly. Um, so Itora was um, well, was it still is uh, to it like two point five D platformer sort of pixel art. I know you're kind of particularly excited with this song cuz it's like you're mixing the two sort of things you like you know plucked plucked instruments and electronic music was that always going to be the idea or did you see like the initial artwork and go I want to make this work for this
1: yeah, yeah. I, I saw the initial artwork, and uh, I was like, "Well, this probably the brief will be uh, just have acoustic instruments, or maybe um, singing, or whatever, but something that's more into this Mesoamerican style." And then, as okay. as we met with uh, with Sasha Fogel, uh, the uh, creative director uh, back then at Grimbart, he was like, "Well, first things first, I love electronic music. It needs to have like." kick drums and synth basses and i'm like wait whoa, what's happening are we <laughs> talking about the same game and um it was so refreshing you know and that that was his vision he he was very keen and very clear on this that he wanted these electronic um very electronic elements to it uh, but also something that was uh, delicate enough to portray the the main character is a uh, young girl go- young girl um and, uh, and I think the drawings are very exquisitely done by by one guy, just one guy, uh, Arthur Becker, who actually uh, drew most of it. And so we we started off doing doing exactly that i would layer uh, mandolin very light uh, you know shimmering kind of mandolin lines up there and then there would be this gap almost and uh, and then you would have heavy bass uh, synth and uh, pretty driving kick drum patterns and all that and uh, it was fun to try to widen this gap and see how how much can i get away with having just these two elements you know especially in in the in-game music where it would change depending on on uh, progress and all that stuff um, just having these two completely uh, different words that are yeah. That don't know each other, so to speak, um, and put them into a soundtrack. So it's it's very close to my heart, this uh, the soundtrack, and exactly because of this, because of this, uh, cla- seemingly clashing elements that uh, sort of made it into the into the OST. Then,
0: is there any sort of like where when you kind of came to do that, like you know, compa- uh, bring in very traditional plucked instrument sounds and electronic music? Is there any sort of like? other musicians you kind of looked at how they had done that and not necessarily borrowed from them but just kind of like certain ideas and things from that
1: yeah no definitely for me one of my absolute favorite composers is thomas newman yeah um and uh, i love this uh, this way he has of also sampling acoustic instruments and then um you know presenting them in such fresh ways and he's been doing this uh, you know since the hardware samplers where it was much <laughs> uh, much more difficult and uh, just amazing what he came up with um, so that, I think he is he's been a constant influence of mine uh, since since forever yeah mm. and especially in terms of this pattern based um, uh, you know musical building blocks, you know, and uh, getting an acoustic source and Giving it a, a completely different room, or or uh, or twisting its shape, you know. But you still hear that it's it's a recording, but it's 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 chopped or it's um, uh, turned around in some ways, in some creative ways. Uh, I feel like I uh, I got this idea from him because it blew me away. Even just you know the percussion in American Beauty, for instance, or the all these, um, you know. Uh, very, uh, this ju- juxtaposition position. How can I say between this uh, computerized rhythms, but with an acoustic source as well. Just yeah, I guess that's that will be my main influence.
0: Yeah, so. and I mean, in terms, I think you kind of have already mentioned, but like how you approached it. Did you start off with like the um, like I think you mentioned mandolin, but like the string instruments, plucked instruments, and then make like the main sort of melody potentially and then like add the electronics on that or is there any you kind of did the other way around, like go up the electronic Mm -hmm. side of it and then then build the more organic instruments into it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that a big part of his of it was uh, getting the um, uh, rhythmic um, flow down. Well, yeah. I did a big sample session with a lot of percussion loops, actually, that I played in, or one-shots, but mostly loops. And it was like this big pool of, of loops that I had, and I would mangle them and pitch them and do all this, uh, this stuff. And I think that most of the time I really had, um, first of all, the, you know the the big kick drum and the the groove going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes a melody would come up, but very very quickly I would try to put it into this sort of um, uh, almost danceable kind of uh, <laughs> the patterns. You know.
0: Ah, oh, nice. I mean, you make in four to the floor like techno, and then add in like a, a a mandolin over the top, and it's like, was there was there times when you first did it, and it's like, oh, this this just doesn't work and like kind of having to bring it back certain ways
1: (laughs) yeah i remember um we made one one song where also sasha said like yeah you can be as electronic as you want (laughs) and for for some reason there's there's this boss fight actually where you fight like a big dragon and you're on on its back actually in in the middle of the clouds and there's a thunderstorm and all that and um i i added so much distortion and compress like the, the kick drum would suck out all the life of the song it would just put everything into a black hole and release it five seconds later you know this <laughs> really uh, and i remember that i i i don't know why but i insisted that we would listen to the track for the first time together so we were like we we are here yeah. you know i would just hit play it was the first track that i that i created for them <laughs> And even Sasha, who wanted this, was like, "Wait, okay, <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> he was a little, he was a little taken aback by the amount of ridiculous sounds he was hearing. You know? <laughs> um, and so I, we we went into some directions that um, maybe we 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 didn't really tone it down. But I guess we we shaved off a couple of edges here yeah. and there, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that was interesting. I mean, uh, sure, I, I really had to uh, to understand how much you can really duck a mandolin, you know, <laughs> before it sounds like comical. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Uh, that's cool. I mean, I guess it as well. Like, I, I, you've mentioned um, like the the character you play as, but obviously, for for people that might not be familiar, they're they're sort of the only human in in that world or environment. So, I was was there sort of like any themes of sort of like isolation or anything like that around the main character that you tried to bring in with with the soundtrack
1: yeah it's it was interesting because it's also um it was a soundtrack that flowed out of me in a way and yeah. we we, did, we didn't really talk a lot about characters or like we did with the me me games um, it was really so much about about the feeling yeah. and uh, getting out this, this flowing, uh, you know, of, uh, of the music um it was also awesome, a very tight schedule and we didn't have a, a lot of time you know to uh to discuss the stuff and so on and I, I just remember you know like like a floodgate probably <laughs> i just really wanted to do this kind of music for such a long time that uh, we also thought like okay let's maybe make 40 minutes 45 minutes max uh, as, of the soundtrack and it's i think it's two hours or even more now so um, it was such a it never stopped, you know, I just wanted to get all of that out of me <laughs> um and so so there was yeah not not much about uh, characters uh, per se, but more about this uh uh, th- there's a, an underlying story that is uh, also very deep, and it's hard maybe to to get it while you play, because uh, the game has also some, maybe pacing-wise, it's not perfect, it's a little indie game, you know, yeah. but it's got such heart, you know, and uh, it's one of these... Uh, for, for for yeah, a lot of reasons. It's just one of these games that stay with you, um, even though it's not very known. You know, it's not like a lot of people played it or anything. But I, I remember the the process of composing music for it was like a cathartic thing for me as well. For for a lot of reasons, also for personal reasons. It's uh, um, it's also about you know. Uh, a relationship with your mother and my mom unfortunately she passed away while I was writing this uh, this soundtrack and that's also um, you, you can't really uh, deny that this does something to you while you write music of course I mean it would be crazy to say that it doesn't yeah. change what, what what gets into the into the music then and so it will always be a sort of a very uh, peculiar uh, soundtrack to me also because of this um, special time that it was uh, has been uh, written in and um and because it was so adventurous and it was so surprising to me that i could be so adventurous i would have never guessed that uh, you know they would say well we want we want this kind of music
0: yeah that's like interesting i, I mean um like, obviously, you can imagine like there's quite a, a emotional investment in when you listen back or play the game as well because of, because of that, like, everything you went through at that time. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I can imagine that definitely has, like, a special place in your in your heart as well just for for allowing you that creativity at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah I really needed that, I yeah. have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> (laughs) and uh, yeah and even though um we didn't like commercially it's it's not been a success in that sense um i'm glad that we got recognized for the audio work in the at the german award uh, for for audio very first time we've been nominated with all the other games all the time (laughs) and we were like okay well probably we'll just never get it and we'll get nominations that ends. <laughs> but it, it was nice to to get that recognition from the from our peers because the, myself and also the sound designer i all, almost always work with uh, Philippe Salier. we were both so enamored with the, this thing we were like well why do i keep even playing after i
0: worked <laughs> on this thing for <laughs> 10
1: hours straight you know it's just there was something that's uh, really
0: we really liked about the project. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah, like obviously, you know, a lot of the other games we've mentioned so far have all been like real-time strategy. Whereas, like obviously, this is a, a, a platformer. I mean, it was there yeah. much different to think about as like your approach to writing the music? Obviously, it's going to be, especially with the other games, that have been very themed, like Wild West or pirates and things like that. It's mm-hmm. probably a, a different challenge entirely that's true yeah for sure um, also because of the structure uh,
1: the, the way you, you play through the game um, and uh, yeah you were freer in a sense in, in this in this case just to uh, the only brief was like have a lot of electronic music in it uh, this uh, very unexpected uh, brief <laughs> and the rest was up to me yeah,
0: yeah. That's cool. I mean, going uh, kind of keeping on like the theme, uh, theme of like platform games, another one um, I, think, I think mentioned you'd like to talk about Fox and Forests. So that, that's a sort of, well, it's, it's a 16 a bit throwback platformer. And I know one of the things you're kind of quite excited about is that you've you'd kind of used a lot of original like stares, um <laughs> sounds and stuff like that for it i mean was that was that always as soon as you saw that game that was always going to be the path you were going down when making the music
1: yeah i, I mentioned this because uh, that's another special place you know <laughs> uh, a game for me um the developer and a good friend of mine uh, uh rupee oxner he he's a super big retro fan yeah he's just and and he knows also on the music side he's not uh, you know a, a composer but he plays drums and so on and he just knows the difference between like uh, a super NES sound or a super NES soundtrack and um, a genesis sound or mega drive yeah. uh, sound but we say mega drive right yeah yeah <laughs> so, we're mega
0: drive yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: nice <laughs> um and uh, and so it's uh, uh, the first um uh, discussions about this game where he said, well, I'm gonna make a Super NES type game. I was like, wow, great. So samples and it's, it, it needs to have this aesthetic. And he was like, of course. yeah, yeah. And it's it's nice because a lot of um, retro games, I feel they, they take a lot of liberties in terms of how, how the music sounds. And that's totally fine. Uh, also to mix it with modern elements. But um, Um, you know the kid in me was like wow I can actually uh, now I can compose for a game that (laughs) is supposed to be like you know and I have the same limitations and so on Um, and that was so exciting for me Um, so we started off um, looking for the right sounds and also, Rupert told me like, well, don't don't stress it too much. You know, if uh, if you need more than eight voices, um, or add the sound effects on top, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be a bit more lenient with them. And as I was experimenting, I realized if I if I put in too many voices, it stops. It, it doesn't sound like a Super Nintendo score yeah. anymore, even with the sounds and with the crushed down samples and with the uh, thirty. Two kilobyte sample library for the whole game and all that. If you add too much polyphony, it just doesn't sound. I mean, it might sound nice or different or whatever, but it's not. Uh, it's not a super nice uh, soundtrack, you know. And so, these uh, these rules uh, that we imposed uh, on ourselves, yeah, just uh, they came out of the fact that we wanted to make it sound like
0: back in time you know yeah i was going to be like one one of the questions i had is like did you stick to sort of i'm guessing i i have no idea how they actually made music on the super nintendo but like obviously the original hardware the the sounds it could play and like the amount of voices and things did you stick to that or did you allow yourself a few little bits but try and keep it the core of of what it should have been
1: yeah, I mean, I'm sure that if you try to put the game into a cartridge <laughs> and the, the music just like it is, uh, there will be some optimization that will be needed, you know. But um, I, I use a great uh, VST, uh, plugin by a Japanese developer. It's uh, called C700, and yeah. it actually emulates uh, this uh, this oh, cool. wonderful chip, um, and it uh, so you really impose your the restrictions on yourself in terms of uh, also uh, how much the sound dies out and the and the polyphony and all that stuff and the the echo effect that you know is so prominent in, in super nice music um that's that's i thought it was so wonderfully emulated and so that that did a, did, did a big part so to speak uh, of of the job in in keeping me in line um, then of course maybe maybe in the whole sound uh, uh, bank is one megabyte instead of um, I don't know six hundred <laughs> kilobyte or whatever it could be uh, with the bigger cartridges back then. Um, but uh, I really crushed down the sample rate and I did a lot of that stuff. So I feel like yeah I, I was going to be authentic as much as I could to to get into <clears throat> this this kind of sound aesthetic.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I, I guess it like there's there's elements where restricting yourself allows you like instead of having the thoughts of like oh what instrument shall I use it's like you've got one of however many different like <coughs> sound waves mm-hmm. and stuff like that you kind of was there like other ways you you had to be creative to kind of get the most out of it I'm guessing that lends itself to more like melodic music as well like with really catchy melodies and riffs and stuff like that yeah. Yeah, one one thing that I, I realized very early was
1: uh okay, now I have my, my kick that's playing, my snare, uh then the hi hats and then the bass and then a little bit of that. Wow, it sounds so empty. It sounds so <laughs> Like, there's, that's nothing. I need 50 more instruments to fill up a little thing like that. And, you know, you're sometimes you're used to doing that for certain types of music. And certainly also in, in let's say, contemporary scoring, you don't think like, oh, if I add one more track here, uh, I should delete the other one. You know, <laughs> it's something that you never think about. Um, but then, if I added more different stuff, it would, uh, as I as I mentioned to you, you know, it would just um, disorientate itself and not not sound like that anymore. So it was a good exercise in, in I think, also arranging these few voices into something that would sound compact and uh, uh, and n- nicely put together um, and have a certain presence still to, to it. You know,
0: I guess it as well, like because if if you hadn't have grown up playing like you know games on the mega drive on the snes and stuff you probably would have listened to it and gone oh that sounds really nice but you wouldn't mm-hmm. have had that dis distinguished between like this it's nice but it doesn't sound like a snes because it's got all these things that a snes couldn't do mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> I mean, st- stepping away from uh, specific games, and I mean, I, f- I, f- I feel we've kind of covered a lot of ground with this. But in terms of like you you coming to write a soundtrack, I'm guessing you just kind of go down the route of one what what's being asked for in the case of Vitora, So like, obviously, it was a- an electronic soundtrack, but like you don't sort of have any preference towards any sort of general sound. It is just or any instruments. I mean, I'm guessing you go towards the plucked instruments, which we've covered, but it's just a case of what's gonna work with this game, and then you can do it.
1: A... Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, I, I'm just very happy when I can work on guitar or on or on any kind of, uh, of plucked instruments. That's that's a feel. If you take that away, uh, it would be uh, for me maybe hard, or also I wouldn't want to, to do it that much. Yeah. I always have to put in <laughs> e- even in Shadow Tactics, which is you know, Edo Japan uh i worked with a koto player uh kari who really knows how to play her koto and learned a lot of uh, there um and that was also plucked uh, yes. in, <laughs> in, in the end um so i think that that's kind of a staple actually uh, for me um but uh let's say genre wise i think I couldn't really uh, say uh, uh, if there's something like I'm sure that uh, if somebody told me, well, let's let's do a straight jazz soundtrack. Yeah, I would probably tell them. You know, there's so many people who, <laughs> who are real jazz yeah. <laughs> musicians, you know, and composers. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, I would try, why not? But I feel like that that wouldn't be in my territory, which might be interesting as well. But I think it's also the the orchestral thing. I was surprised to hear that some uh, some people m- were mentioning me as an orchestral composer, but I I don't feel like that at <laughs> all, like, <laughs> because I'm much more of a rock in a way guy, yeah. you know, of a band guy, or maybe in a way just just. Fiddling with sounds, uh, in, so to speak, but uh, and it's not like not just with synthesizers in a way, but fiddling in the same way, but with with uh, plucked instruments. Yeah, that's a very uh, confusing way of saying what I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I I think that's it. It's just like from from some of the games <clears throat> that you've worked on, the soundtracks obviously just they're so different because of mm. like those games but also like one of the i mean maybe fox and forest aside one of like sort of the overriding things with a lot of them is is you kind of go to that pluck instruments like you know guitar mm. if possible obviously or you know something that's familiar in in that sense i, I mean i get i'm guessing you know go, goes back to when you were 15 the first you get a guitar from your brother it's that familiarity of that's what you know almost yeah Yeah, for sure. I think that I I feel right at home
1: there. And uh, maybe it gives me also this kind of boost, you know. I remind myself of how how, uh, just uh, crazy I was about getting a sound out of this instrument. And so it it really feels feels wonderful to me.
0: it sounds wonderful for all the stuff I've heard as well so Eric (laughs) and the things (laughs) you've done (laughs) (laughs) so we'll move on to the section of the podcast I call quick fire questions so it's a series Mm. of five questions I will ask you your favourite one then hopefully you'll have one nailed down that you definitely have don't worry everyone normally has several so and then we'll, we'll discuss it at some length as well probably but we will start off with your your favorite video game of all time
1: oh boy yeah um i i guess i i need to say something that's pretty old uh, because <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know, but uh, it's, it feels like yeah, but it has to be uh, out of this world uh, or another world. Yes. I don't know if you
0: know the, this. Uh... I mean, it was on everything, but I played, mm-hmm. I've play. i got it on Mega Drive, but I played the oh, remaster, nice. remake, polish, whatever, on the mm-hmm. Switch a few years ago. Right. I just love like the stylization of it, that intro yeah. where he's driving up to the lab in his...
1: Yeah,
0: Ferrari is it Ferrari? I never know if it's a yeah, It's actually to Fer- li-
1: It's a little 308 Ferrari, I think oh, nice. that he had in his um, house as so he rotoscoped it, you know. It's
0: yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. I love that. I, I love like It's it's one of those <laughs> sort of games that's we, we're, we're talking about it a lot now after like the last five years, but from when <laughs> it came out until recently, I hadn't really heard it mentioned. I didn't really know anything about it until it got remade and it's like oh Mm -hmm. how did i miss this this is like so cool yeah
1: yeah yeah i think it has this uh you can feel while playing it that it's it's just a stroke of genius, you know. Of course, uh, the controls and everything, but <laughs> you, I, I, I still feel you can get to the core of what made this such a stroke of genius by one guy, you know. Yeah, uh, I I, re- I certainly feel that. So it's got to be that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's just, I mean everyone not to take sides everyone has good answers here but that's a solid answer i like that yeah. one <laughs> um, so the next next the quickfire questions is your your favorite musician composer band of all time you can go for separate ones for different ones if you want
1: yeah uh, okay okay I, I could pick three like you could uh, pick three yeah oh that's that's cool i mean composer i guess um you know koji kondo yeah. with zelda i mean yeah because yes <laughs> because <laughs> uh, you know i got uh, zelda 2 as a gift from my cousins when they came over in in summer and we just played all summer long and um, that's something that's very nostalgic to me and i feel like when when you play the music that he's written for that platforms with any instrument it just sounds great and that's That's certainly to me a hallmark of a great composer, you know, to write to write parts that just work for every instrument and seemingly every arrangement.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, like the Zelda theme is still Mm -hmm. used in all the games now, but like obviously it's been adapted. It's had all different instruments playing it and stuff like that, but it's still at heart that little Mm -hmm. eight-bit bleepy Mm -hmm. melody.
1: yeah yeah that's true yeah no, exactly and musician well he's also a composer but uh, i need to mention the Hexon cloak you know Bo- bobby krillik uh, who's made returnal and, oh uh, yeah yeah beautiful score for midsummer too it's such a great wonderful musician i feel you know so yeah,
0: I kind of cheated there. But the <laughs> I mean, musician is such a broad category. It's like okay, yeah, you can definitely <laughs> use that one for, <laughs> for get shoehorned in or one in. I mean, is there is there any sort of like bands or um, that you kind of w- would say as a favorite?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's just go full on like uh, uh, granddad mode and uh, say that uh, I love Blue Oyster Cult, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they, they. I know everything, all the albums, I have all the albums and I know everything by heart by them. Yeah, that's, that's one of the bands I know the best, I think. No. i mean I, def- i'm surprised that you know them
0: actually i, I mean, only I, I i mean i think there's a, the only song i could really say i know and this is where i'm going to get it wrong after saying i know is but don't fear the reaper is sort of like the, no, no, the no. Quite, quite well known one but yeah other than that i'm yeah. probably do not know much of past that but that'll be yeah, an exploration but... of I'll, I'll deep dive into their back catalog and have a listen and pick yeah, some things out <laughs>
1: yeah they definitely take it from the 70s up to today more yeah. or less and they've been very active and they toured so much and uh of course there's been some hit and miss albums but all in all just uh, i think they should be in the rock and roll hall of fame as far as i'm concerned because they, they've done so much and they've been touring since the late 60s so that's already such a crazy achievement
0: yeah <laughs> i can't even imagine like just doing a day job for that long let alone like <laughs> Touring and like playing live music is just being up past your bedtime every night. It's crazy, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: for, for a studio, let's say composer, musician, it's it blows my mind.
0: <laughs> you know, they can do this. It's like they're actually playing at like eleven o'clock at night and I'm there getting myself tucked up in bed to go to sleep.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. move, move on to the next of the quick fire questions. Your um favourite game soundtrack of all time.
1: hmm <clears throat> Yeah. So I would say Deadly Premonition. Nice. I I really love that soundtrack. I don't
0: know. Uh, I, <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I played you know. I played again a few years ago as um but I like the sort of obviously it's a, it's a horror game, like a supernatural horror game, but it's got such mm-hmm. a divide between the light and dark we'll say and the light part is just so wistful and like the whistling in it and stuff it's just like oh yeah it's it's one of those games where it's like when you know when people talk about like these sort of cult cool games and it's like oh yeah it's really good and it's like I know you're saying that because like you're really invested in this game and like <laughs> but then like I played it it's like it's just it's so unique in terms of its portrayal of um Oh no! I've Completely forgot the main character's name. Um, uh,
1: Francis York Morgan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Um,
0: but yeah, it's just like the the whole way it goes around him and his sort of personality yeah. is just like just this very weird, quirky yeah. detective man, and it's just so fun. And like the soundtrack mm. reflects like his very odd personality.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, to me, it's it's interesting how we both know <clears throat> there's so many more uh, polished soundtracks with more tracks and more variety, better production value even, all these things. Um, but it's interesting that sometimes a uh, soundtrack comes along that just hits in a way that no other ost has done or or a game for that matter too i think it's a very unique experience and uh, even if you listen to you know we were talking about looping and that whistling song it just comes up all the time you know and it's just at the beginning you say like why couldn't they write like two more songs but then you realize no this is this is just perfect thank you very much that's Uh, great
0: (laughs) uh it's such i mean it's one, one of those as well where it's like it the soundtrack is written so perfectly for the game it's like mm. you get you get soundtracks that are a good soundtrack and a good game but they sometimes feel a bit not necessarily disjointed but mm. that soundtrack exists as the soundtrack for that game and it just paints the whole the whole of the town the whole of like york's personality and just the whole yeah. sort of like surrealness but very jovial and fun but then it's also got the flip side of it it's got like the really darkness horror-y kind of brooding bits it's just like ah yeah yeah
1: yeah it's it's interesting yeah because i would never say like as a whole all the tracks i love or anything Mm -hmm. but even just the main theme is something that is not really talked about but i think it's such a beautiful main theme with that male voice coming in later on and it's so refreshing I feel uh, for a game so I was completely blown away already uh, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely yeah it's definitely uh, one that people should play and listen to the soundtrack uh, mm. <laughs> um, So yeah the, the next to the quickfire questions uh, your favorite film and/or TV soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That that's
0: easier, I would say, <laughs> because uh, I,
1: that's uh, Dracula, the French Ford Coppola uh, okay. movie. Uh, by uh, oh, I can't pronounce him so well. Wojciech Kiliar, I think, is uh, he's also uh, scored the Ninth Gate uh, yeah. by uh, Polanski, and uh, he's a classical composer, a, a Polish uh, classical composer. But just yeah, just that soundtrack is so alive in me, you know, and every time I'm so happy that we're going towards Halloween, you know, and that's the time because of my wife, we watch it at least once a year. We just
0: watch this movie. We just really like it. It's yeah. just like, it's coming to the time of year where I'm allowed to watch it again. And I'm going to get, I'm so excited. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, it's summer and I really want to watch it, but okay. I'll just hold off a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of one of those like iconic ones as well. That's just, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel I've got to watch it again now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And to round out the quick fire questions, your your favorite individual song or track from a from a game soundtrack.
1: Hmm. Um. I would say the one that really resonates the most with me in terms of like i'm immersed in that is uh, uh, it's called also sprach brooks which is uh, a piano piece from the game catherine you know oh, okay. the catalyst. yeah video? yeah Weird twist between us. I don't know a dating drama.
0: So where does that where does that play in that? Uh,
1: that plays. Uh, so basically, uh, the main protagonist and his buddies they meet up uh, to discuss their love problems in this bar. You know, and most of the time plays there.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the sort of, um, oh, what is, it? The last, is it The Lost Sheep? No, last I can't sheep. remember what the buzz is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like the sort of like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, a out there choice. but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No. So it's probably a bit bold to say my favorite, because of course <laughs> this is does and all that. But um, in terms of conveying something that I deeply... Uh, feel and uh i think it's there's something very human to it and uh, also chilled out and very japanese way of being a bit but also sophisticated uh, i don't know it's just uh, uh in its simplicity it, it
0: grabs me a lot so
1: but if you ask me tomorrow i probably mention other <laughs> things right
0: as <laughs> uh, it is it's like hard to put any of these down to one thing super hard yeah yeah but yeah you, you managed it so well done. <laughs> uh you can you can have a, a a breath now that's the end of the quick fire questions um but it kind of brings us on we've talked about obviously your 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 past and present i mean is there anything that you've got coming up in the future that you're allowed to discuss <laughs>
1: Yeah, there are a couple actually. Yeah, I'm working on a cozy tavern, uh, tavern simulation, so to speak, like a D&D tavern simulation game, which is uh, let's say coffee talk with a D&D twist. Um, It's called. Nice tavern talk yeah, and uh, there's a lot of quirky characters and uh, fun dialogue and uh, th- there's going to be a lot of plucked instruments as well for yeah, sure. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and just uh, I-, I was when I when I realized I was going to do this since I'm a super big Phoenix Wright fan as well I'm just very happy to be able to do a game like this like a visual novel style game. So oh, cool. that's coming out as a uh, I think also they're they're going to do a Kickstarter for it as well, but they're already you know uh, fully funded and um, they they're on on the, on the right tracks and I'm writing music for the, them and that's that's a lot of fun so
0: uh,
1: oh, cool. Yeah, and um, and then uh, there's also a VR shooter that I'm working on. Uh, that is basically the continuation of uh, of a shooter we already did with Sony Games. And there's going to be more electronic stuff in there. Um, and in VR, it's always interesting to to make music for VR. You know, because yeah. it's also the question: Do I make uh, just source music or score? And there's this whole other hardware platform that is kind of. Yeah. kind of fun you know to dive in and let's see what's what happens
0: <laughs> that's nice i mean yeah i guess it like vr i've ha- had this conversation with a few few other people it's like because obviously like you're very spatial in the game it's like are you having a soundtrack that's just stereo to the player or then are you going to have it directional or mm-hmm. how's how's it going to work and it's a whole other a question and system and things like that to get involved with so it sounds sounds like again it's another other challenges but also other opportunities to be creative with it yeah
1: yeah for sure
0: so that's uh, that, looking forward to that and uh, let's yeah th-
1: i think that's about what i can say but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just yeah, very happy that uh, this uh, this is uh, you know these two projects that are so different they're accompany themselves very nicely.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, it gets both sides of your personality out. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and in terms of like keeping up, up to a date with yourself and the things you're working on, what's the best place for people to do that? Is it your website or Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I've been very uh, historically not very active on, on <laughs> these things. Um, but one thing I want to uh, keep doing more is uh, actually... Um, more videos like a bit of background on shadow gambit and uh, yeah. uh, you know presenting the musicians and uh, showing what I'm up to there's a lot of I have a back catalog of stuff that I want to also maybe just do something with it, Um, and so YouTube would be a great uh, place. You know, I have my uh, little YouTube channel that I'm watering now a bit, so to speak, (laughs) and uh, either that or or Twitter uh, X would be uh, would be the two uh, main outlets.
0: That's cool. I'll put all the links to those in the uh, episode bio if people want to follow you from there. Um, I mean, that's kind of came to the end of the questions I had for yourself, Filippo. I'm not sure if there's anything anything else you'd like to talk about. Well, I would like to thank you, actually, for, for this oh, great chat.
1: I uh, hope we can do this some, more, some other time again. Oh, um,
0: definitely. Definitely have you back on, especially when... Uh, what was it tavern talk uh sounds that sounds like my cozy cozy jam of a game so i'm really excited for that um yeah definitely always welcome back but yeah it's been it's i'd like to thank you for taking taking time out to chat to myself it's been it's been really good and really very educational for me and learned lots
1: Thanks, Anthony. No, and also thank you for doing this and for you know spreading the word about what we do and love for game music. That means means a lot.
0: No, yeah. No, thank you. I will keep on doing it as long as I'm have the time to and I'm able to because it's one of my favorite things so <laughs> <laughs> and i'd once again like to thank Filippo for coming on to the podcast and taking some time out of his schedule as always beats and bleeps will be back next friday with another new episode if you wanted to find more out about the podcast you can check out our website beats and bleeps.com or check us out on twitter at beats bleeps pod i'd also like to thank you very much for listening to the episode and supporting the podcast i hope you have a wonderful day